the Vikings activating Teddy Bridgewater and deactivating Sam Bradford for quarterback duties. Meek Mill, the rapper, sentenced to prison for a probation violation, and Iowa knocking off number three Ohio State last weekend did not make into the list of the top ten for this week, as per you, what you responded to. So, what big stories were in there? Spoiler alert, there are two super stories in here, but still ten stories that you gave lots of responses to over the past seven days, and we're going to talk about them in just a moment on the weekly wrap-up podcast from thisisaconversation.com, and this is for the weekend ending November 11th, 2017. And welcome to the podcast. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne, and your host for this podcast, the weekly wrap-up podcast coming from thisisaconversation.com. At their website, we feature all the great stories and sometimes some not-so-great stories to get your opinion to see which stories you think are the true top stories of the week. We don't get stuck by what's the breaking news, even though those are important stories. Sometimes the breaking news stays breaking for days at a time, and we try to get as many stories, as many headlines out there as possible so that you can tell us which ones are the most important by those out there. That's being you. And so we compile the last seven days worth of stories, and we'll talk about them here in our top 10 list. In our second segment, where we normally play the brackets, we have an interview segment. We don't have a scheduled interview today, so we'll do some more housekeeping here and talk about the things we have going on, things we've done, and things we got coming up in the future. And I'll do some extra selling because we got to sell this thing. we got to make sure the bills get paid. Followed by some of the stories that did not quite make it into the top 10, the top 15 rounding those up, going on the very last story, the Mr. Irrelevant of our stories. We'll find a good name for that fairly soon. And some other stories we can sneak in before our time a lot. Now, to be a part of the program, all you have to do Well, number one, hopefully you're listening. You're listening now. You just keep listening. Subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you enjoy because we're all over the place for Apple and for Android. And, of course, the big thing is make sure you follow us on social media, TH underscore conversation for Twitter, and this is a conversation.com for Facebook. When our stories pop up in your feed, just react to them, like them, love them, share them, respond to them, do what you can to show that this is a story that you care about and the ones you, the collective you care about the most, turn out to be the top 10 stories at the end of each and every week in this podcast. So that's how that works. So let's go ahead and get into the top 10 for this week. Our spoiler alert, there are two super stories. Those are stories where we combined a couple of headlines that popped in because they were directly related and it just would skew the numbers. So we have a few less in the total number to make up for of the groupings, just two of them, and there weren't that many super headlines, three for one and two for another. Uh, but we had a total this week of 88 distinct posts, 88 distinct stories to talk about, and so we'll talk about all of them. Get to Mr. Irrelevant Story towards the end of the program. I'll start right now with the number 10 story for this week, and it was one that's essentially a holdover uh, from last week. Wasn't quite high enough to get into the stories for last week, but actually I think it was in there. But um, now it is here. Once again, in the lower spots, the 10 spot, Twitter Twitter says Trump's account was down for 11 minutes because of human error by Twitter employee. Now, this was a super story from last week because we had two headlines in the span of time that added together to drop it up a little bit. This time, just one headline actually was in the window. So that's what we have to talk about. But the story that remains the same as it was last Thursday and the Friday. 
A Twitter employee on their last day decided to be a hero to the world and disable Donald Trump's Twitter account, the real Donald Trump account, as he walked out the door on his last day. Eleven minutes go by and people are freaking out because they can't access Donald Trump's Twitter account. We're not sure if these are official people like the media or any official uh, legislatures, but we were pretty sure they are just random people just freaking out because they weren't getting their words from above for about 11 minutes. The actual POTUS account, the official government account, which all it does is, of course, we retweet what the real Donald Trump says, was fine. Just real Donald Trump was disabled. A little investigation figured out that some guy on the way out the door turned it off. They turned it back on. All it was right back in the world with Twitter going back with Donald Trump responses pretty quickly after that was all said and done. We go to the number nine story this week, which was a super story. In fact, a newer headline popped up within the time where we took out the numbers and crunched them. And this morning before we got a chance to record this story, it deals with Louis C.K. And this story had a response jump about 18.3 percent from the number 10 story. Now, Louis C.K., Louis, Louis C.K., the comedian, has a movie that was going to premiere uh, have a big premiere this week and going to premiere in theaters pretty soon. And that was called I Love You, Daddy. The storyline behind this movie, controversial, it's about a movie producer who's trying to stop what seems like an inappropriate relationship with his 17-year-old daughter and a aging movie producer, like a 70-year-old guy. And because it sounds a lot like what's going on in the news, people were freaking out about it. In fact, the movie was shot in secret about two years ago. Uh, Louis Louis financed it himself he's doing a lot of that these days he edited it himself did all himself and was released at one film festival people were kind of shocked but they were preparing for the big release now in the past couple of days there have been rumors well in the past couple of years have been rumors of a sexual problems sexual um, inadequacies in his dealings with women in on stage another one of those open secrets apparently that were out there in the last couple of days, rumors had that the New York Times was going to release a story about that, and that's why they pulled the premiere that was going to happen. They pulled the premiere hours before it was going to happen. Uh, Louis C.K. pulled all of his appearances about the same time. Times dropped the bombshell with a news story. Uh, about four or five women over a couple of years, a long span of years, saying that Mr. C.K. has done various very nasty, naughty acts over the past couple of years, and just sort of got away with it. And so now the snowball effect on this one was, A, the story we posted here, the main headline was the fact that they killed the premiere. Of course, after that, uh, we found out about the bombshell with the the article coming out. And, of course, coming out this morning on the actual 10th, uh, as we record this, they're going to scrap playing this movie altogether. The movie is pretty much done. The, the, the distribution arm is going to kill this movie and not going to release it to the public. So whatever money went into it essentially flushed down the drain. How Louis C.K.'s career will bounce back from this, we don't know. We don't know about a lot of these people dealing with these things because they're very fresh and very raw. Well, usually time will tell and people get their redemption, but we've got a lot of people doing some really, really hard, really sick things coming in. That's kind of it's going to be a bit of an issue coming down the line. The number eight story this week, just a slight uptick in reaction, going up just 1.7%. That is Ric Flair's 30 for 30. And the trending of the hashtag Nature Boy and all the friends, all the fans over social media, maybe some friends too, a lot of friends too, uh, just gushing about the story of Ric Flair or Richard Fleur 
his actual name and, of course, the wrestler Ric Flair. Now, if you don't know who Ric Flair is, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to know the character that goes around uh, the blonde hair, of course, Stalin profiling, and, of course, yelling woo all the time. So many athletes and so many, as you learned from that documentary, the 30 for 30, so many rappers, so many cultural people jumped on the Ric Flair bandwagon so early, and so many people, of course, jumped off because he became a symbol of sort of the opulence that people didn't have. One of the big things about the story was the rivalry between him and Dusty Rhodes back in the old NWA uh, days and, of course, going to WCW, uh, where Dusty Rhodes was the son of a plumber and he was, you know, the common man versus Ric Flair, who was the big flashy guy who had all the women, all the cars, all the all the great stuff. And, of course, all the fancy robes, those robes were just amazing. And Ric Flair, of course, living a very hard life. Some of the details from this thing were Funny and tragic at the same time, and the fact that um, he's still alive. In fact, I had to give a little disclaimer inside of the documentary talking about his health issues he had a few months ago. Uh, this was uh, basically six months after the interview that was the, the, the thing that glued together all the pieces. Uh, he, of course, almost didn't make it to the premiere of the actual documentary. We're glad he's around. hope he's around for a while. And he's, as Triple H said in the actual documentary, he's what is being used for a how not to do this business because while he did have a lot of perks on the front end, his hard life are showing on the back end just exactly how not to be the the thing. Now, the number seven story for this week is actually a holdover from last week. Uh, it has a jump in response, though, of 16.1%. So it got a couple more extra responses over the weekend happening on Thursday of last week. So very quickly, the Sean Watson, the quarterback from the Texans, the Houston Texans, tore his ACL in a practice drill on Thursday and, of course, was done for the season. We had a, quite a few people tearing ACLs over the past couple of days, and we'll talk about that in the also-rans. But uh, ACL damage for Deshaun Watson, the rookie who was doing fabulous things this year, no longer done for the season. Quick step in for the number six story. This one has a 29.9% jump in response. This was a shooting at a Chicago, uh, Chicago Starbucks that happened Thursday night, Friday morning. One dead, two wounded from that action, including a 14-year-old. This was from a drug deal going bad outside of the building that, of course, spilled into gunfire at that Starbucks. This has nothing to do really on the Starbucks end, but more of the general violence in Chicago, even though they've seen sort of a downtick of the violence that they've been known for for years. This was just a tragic shooting of something going wrong and some wrong people being caught at the wrong place at the wrong time. Just so happened to be at a public place such as a Starbucks restaurant. Let's jump to the number five story coming from the weekend, a brand new story, definitely. And it's got a response jump from the six at 3.93%. And this is Larry David, who hosted this week's or last week's SNL, Saturday Night Live, opening in a monologue with some Holocaust jokes that weren't very. The Twitterverse wasn't so happy about them. Some people, mostly uh, critic-type people, weren't very happy with the Holocaust jokes that were tossed around in his monologue. In fact, many people were kind of blah about the whole episode. However, from you folks out there, people actually responding on Twitter, Twitter was very, very responsive to this one. We got a lot of retweets and a lot of replies back on this one from 
people who apparently thought the jokes were funny. We had a lot of people on Twitter respond to our TH underscore conversation account and say, well, we're regular people and we think he's hilarious and such things like that. And a lot of replies to those replies. So regular people apparently seem to think that Larry David's jokes were fine. Some of the critics weren't so high on those jokes. The jokes in question were some Holocaust jokes that you be the judge on whether the taste was good or not. Let's jump to the number four story now. This one gets a response jump of 7.5%. FSU Greek life banned after student death. Now, Florida State University has killed all Greek life. There are no more Greek activities, period, until further review. What happened over the span of about three days, last Thursday to last Saturday, uh, we had a person, another person dying at a frat party, alcohol involved in the frat party, so a death at a frat party, plus another fraternity member from another fraternity getting caught selling cocaine. So with those two big things happening in secession, the school decided there will be no more Greek activities, period, until they can figure out a way to upgrade Greek life. What that upgrade will be, who actually knows, but right now the Greeks are done at FSU for the moment so they can figure that one out. The number three story, another super story, a big super story in headlines, but not quite enough to take over the one and two stories, which are big in itself. Now, we have a response jump of 7.04% in this one. We actually have a response jump of the same number for the number two story, but this one got a few more actual um, interactions to, or the other one had a few more actual interactions, so it's slightly above. So technically, the two and three are a tie, but edging it out slightly will be the next story. The three story is a super story on Kevin Spacey. We had extra headlines for Kevin Spacey to shove him up further in the top ten. He would have been in the top ten anyway with two of them, but the three together combined pushed him up into the three spot for this week. Kevin uh, Spacey, of course, uh, has been cut from all Netflix periods. Uh, he's been taken out of House of Cards. Obviously, how they'll proceed with that, we're not quite sure. He had another movie that was ready to go for Netflix, a Netflix original. That will not be distributed. Uh, a petition kicked up to keep the show going, House of Cards, but to replace Kevin Spacey with Kevin James. That you know may or may not be a joke, but 28,000 people signed that petition to put Kevin James, you know, the King of Queens guy, into Kevin Spacey's show maybe replace him's role completely maybe you know do a shower scene and all of a sudden he gains 30 pounds who knows how that works out but they wanted kevin james to take over kevin spacey's position on house of cards and new movie all the money in the world which is set to be released uh this i think in december i think it's coming up it's within months a brand new movie starring kevin spacey it's going to replace christopher Plummer. With Kevin Spacey. The caveat is Kevin Spacey's already filmed everything. The movie's actually wrapped. And if you think replacing Superman's beard in Injustice League was going to be an issue, they are replacing a total person using reshoots of scenes and green screens and voiceovers. They're literally replacing a person in a movie that's already done in the can, essentially ready to go. That's going to be expensive, but they want this one to go. But Kevin Spacey, of course, as I said earlier, we'll see if there is some rehab for these people in their roles and in their role in Hollywood. But right now, they've got lots of tone for, and we'll see exactly how easy that's going to be. The number two story, which actually has a response rate, a direct response rate that's exactly the same 
as the number three, although that one's supersized, but slightly uptick for engagement issues inside of it. A little bump I can do to slide things up and down. Very quickly, we'll go to it. Donna Brazil, the former DNC chair, chair who tells her critics that um, they can go to hell if they don't believe what's in her new tell-all book. Now, her book, talking about the campaign from last year, the big thing where the guy Donald Trump ended up being elected, talked about some issues that the Clintons had that sort of blew up the system. And then all, even though she replaced the troubled chair at the time, me and uh, Donna Washington Schultz, to take over the DNC and kind of run things in what was really crazy wacky. The biggest regulation, is, the biggest revelation is that the Clinton campaign essentially worked some deals to help save the DNC, which was short on funds, and in their fundraising, did some fundraising that split the money with Clinton campaign and with the DNC. And in return, they got some extra favors from the committee, including doing a lot of things that we saw on the outside seemingly to push Bernie Sanders, her, her rival, out of the contention. Donna Brazil says they basically pushed him out of contention and it was on purpose. The big flip on this was Bernie Sanders campaign was offered a chance to do some of the similar things, offer up some of his campaign funds directly to DNC for some say in how things went. And they didn't take it. So the Clintons took advantage, complete advantage of that offer. Uh, many people not happy about that. Many people say there's more sour grapes. And honestly enough, or oddly enough, Donna Brazil said people that are telling Hillary to shut up a few weeks ago are now telling me to shut up, but I'm not going to shut up, even though she's literally saying Hillary is sort of responsible for a whole lot of things going on. Even though Hillary was blaming other people, she's blaming Hillary, but she's saying they both have a right to say what's going to be said. And Donna Brazil has no issue, no problem with sticking up for herself and saying what's going on. So she says, you don't like what's in her book, you can go to hell. That's what she says. And our number one story this week, of course, which was big on all, all of our thoughts and minds and our prayers coming out, especially to the people in the community. Sutherland Springs, Texas, was hit by a very, very, very tragic event this last Sunday. In the middle of the afternoon at a church service, a man came in and fired off uh, semi-automatic weapons, killing many people in the church uh, uh, and, of course, injuring many other people. He left the church, was pursued by a neighbor who heard gunshots and came out with his own gun, jumped in the truck with somebody else, then they drove and chased him down about two, three miles. He ended up crashing his car and then killing himself with a self-inflicted gun wound. We're not going to talk about the man's name right now because it's been said too much. But this was a situation that turned into a major cluster on many areas. Uh, as Veterans Day is the day of the release for this this podcast, it was put out that he was an Air Force veteran. He had issues in the Air Force, received and not dishonorable discharge, but a uh, the next thing up, uh, which was, should have precluded him from buying weapons, which he did. That information, plus the fact that he was essentially convicted of and served time for uh, a, a domestic battery of his wife and child, was not put into the system, so he was able to buy his guns legally in a sense, but illegally because he did not have the rights per the plea he gave for getting out of the Air Force. Leaving the Air Force about four years ago, having a domestic dispute with his current mother-in-law who goes to that church. Uh, she was not at church that day. In fact, he sent a threatening note, message via text that morning. She was not in church that day. Her mother's mother, her grandmother of, of his 
current wife, current dealings with was there. She was killed in a melee. A whole lot of mess going on. We're learning a lot about how things don't work and things are failing. We will find out whether there will be an uptick in dealing with veterans, dealing with mental health issues, dealing with guns, and how church security on a very small church in a very small town, which had no reason to believe they had to deal with something like this, will happen as well. Those are the stories for this week, the top 10 stories for the week ending November 11, 2017. And they, of course, came about because you told us they should come about. If you didn't particularly tell us about these stories, well, here's how you can work on next week's stories. Follow us on social media, TH underscore conversation at face at Twitter, I should say. This is a conversation on Facebook and make sure you set it so that our messages come into your feed. Don't hide us. Make sure we're there by default or just go to our main website. This is the conversation dot com. All the headlines are there as well. Respond to the headlines as they come through your feed. React, love, like, hate, cry, if you will. Respond to them, reply to them, share them with friends and family so that we get more more interactions with them. And the more interactions we get, the better we have to pick out a good top 10 list for the week. Now, the top 10 story for this week, the number one story, I should say, had a 430% more reaction than the number 10 story, which, of course, was the story on Twitter and the Trump account being down. It was a holdover from last week. And our number 84th story, the ill irrelevant story, 640, 6,400% more response time to that one. So you can take that math as you will, but that's how it was. That's all the response we had this week from all the great yous out there responding what's going on. Make sure you get in with all the great more yous, and we'll, of course, have more great top 10 lists coming down the line. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk about just some housekeeping things, some more issues that we're doing, things internally we're doing right now. And maybe you can help me out by getting some guests. If you know some people that can be good players of the brackets, people that are in the know for news, let me know and we'll try to schedule some in there. But we'll talk about that coming up in just a second here on the weekly wrap up podcast for the week ending November 11th, 2017. Conversation Survey Panel is a way to make sure we have very good people giving us very good insights on things. And those insights go to the people who really need your information. We're looking out for the people who have political campaigns going on or sometimes they're working new revenue issues for big corporations. They may actually be selling a product that they want to get your input on before they put it out to market. The Conversation Survey Panel is a survey panel. It is a way to do surveys for pay. We're going to pay you. They're going to pay us to find you. We're going to pay you to do the survey. And what's really cool is if we send you the survey and you do the survey, you get paid. You don't have to be requalified for anything once we tell you a paid survey is in your inbox. Be a part of the Conversation Survey Panel and be a part of what is really going on out there. Your opinions will matter to these people. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel and apply today. We're actually doing good on time this week. Of course, we've been working to 
trim down sort of the fat in the podcast and make it a bit more standard, a bit more average, a bit more even, if you say, so we can uh, do a bit more with the broadcast by hopefully using it for some radio time, in some cases working some deals to get on terrestrial radio in some senses, and they like things to be standardized, so we're working on a lot of that, and we have a little extra time today, or at least we're on time today. We had some issues getting some brevity in the first segment, and of course getting the interview in. Once we get an interview in for next week, we probably won't have that same time, but we'll talk about that in a moment, and maybe you could help me out finding some interviews. But for right now, we're going to very quickly play the brackets, or at least I will play my own brackets because I had a chance to shuffle them and didn't get a chance to really see where they were. So I think it'd be fun to kind of see where that plays out. Just for this week, I get a chance to play my own game. For those of you who've never heard the podcast before, this is normally where we have an interview segment with some person who is news news-ish, newsworthy, uh, keeps up the news, a news person or a podcaster with something going on, and they will give us a little bit about what they have going on, plus see their current events knowledge, and they get to choose their own personal best story of the week from our top 10 stories. Now, I have a disadvantage of knowing what the top 10 is, but they don't the way we play it. We re-rack the order of the stories in an, in a um, random order, and we serve them up two at a time, a bracket style, so they get a chance to eliminate one and move it to the next round because it's uneven in the first round, five branches, five different responses, that we get a chance to skip or one or the last one automatically gets chomped, chopped. So I'm going to play this real quick, and then I'm going to go into the housekeeping. So unfortunately, you have to stick around for this. Let's start off with the two first one, the first batches. It's the number 10 story and the number two story. Number 10 story is that Trump's account down, Trump's Twitter account down for 11 minutes, Versus Donna Brazil telling their critics to go to hell from her book. I'm going to go with Donna Brazil as much as I love the Donald Trump story. That was a holdover essentially from last weekend. Uh, we're going to stick with Donna Brazil and move that one on ahead. In the next grouping, we have Ric Flair's 30 for 30 and the Nature Boy trending, plus the shooting in Chicago Starbucks uh, that left one dead and two wounded. I'm going to move ahead Ric Flair because I'm a Ric Flair fan, and I have a sinking feeling that that's going to be what's going to be pushed ahead. Number three story versus number five story. This is House of Cards versus um, Larry David. House of Cards, a lot of Kevin Spacey stuff, and Larry David, the Holocaust jokes, which didn't go so well over TV. I'm going to skip those two and just leave those out of the brackets this week. We go next to the witnesses uh, of the shooting at the uh, Sutherland Springs, Texas church. Uh, versus Louis C.K.'s movie premiere canceled, plus other issues on Louis C.K. Um, that's the number one story versus the number nine story. We're going to push along Louis C.K. We've talked a lot of guns lately, so we're going to throw, since we skipped on Kevin Spacey, we'll throw Louis C.K. in the bad actor, being a bad actor, actor thing. And Deshaun Watson, the Texans QB, uh, tearing his ACL versus the FSU Greek life being banned after student death and more. We're going to move the Greek life being done with to the next round. So this time we're going to pit against uh, the number two story versus number eight story. That's Donna Brazil saying go to hell and Ric Flair living life, heaven and hell, moving Ric Flair along for this week. And, of course, the next two stories is Louis C.K. versus the Greek life at Florida State University. Let's move Louis C.K. forward. The final battle goes between Ric Flair and Louis C.K. And we're going to go Ric Flair this week as the big winner uh, for the bracket game. So I get a chance to talk about Ric Flair for a few minutes. 
And that is for the rules of my own game, and I'm playing my game, so I will play by those rules. Now, if you don't know who Ric Flair is, and I said it in the first segment, you probably have heard of his bravado, even if you don't know who he is. Ric Flair is a professional wrestler. He is more or less retired, a Hall of Fame wrestler, although that the designation is kind of wonky in itself. But he's known for wrestling for a good 40-year career at being in the ring and then being in the ring much longer than he should have. He is the man who wheels and deals, style and profiles. He's the jet-flying, alligator-wearing, limousine-riding. You've heard the long speech that he gives. and you know He's you known for having plenty of ladies on his arms. This past week, he had a 30 for 30 um, documentary on ESPN uh, because ESPN is a sports station and does a lot of stuff on sports. And wrestling, although it is predetermined, is a pretty big sport. And back in the day, before people admitted that it was kind of fake, a lot of ESPN was taken up with a lot of wrestling. I watched a lot of wrestling uh, between classes and college because they didn't have all the act, the acting, talking head things they had these days to fill time on ESPN. So a lot of old school AWA wrestling was played uh, ten years from ten years before to kind of you know fill the gap. Now, Ric Flair's life as a villain is legendary, and his life that he lived was legendary, but the life that he lived also had a lot of tragedies, including uh, a very weird uh, relationship with his parents, who he was adopted by, and then, of course, not quite getting along with. Two failed marriages and two sets of um, sons and daughters who had some issues with their father, although on the back end here, things are coming together. And, of course, uh, the fact that, as mentioned in the middle of the actual documentary, Ric Flair nearly died before this showing was actually finished for the recording and the editing was finished for the 30 for 30. And it was an issue of just spending years and years of hard living and drinking and just beating up his body well past the time he should have been in the ring uh, that he was not in dire straits. A lot of that comes from his own admission, things he wasn't doing so well. Like living it up was great, but paying his taxes, that wasn't all that fun. So he was found himself extremely broke when he was past his prime being in the ring, which meant he spent more time doing what he got paid to do in the ring and getting beat up for no reason. Ric Flair is a great example of a tragedy uh, unfolding before your eyes because my whole lifetime has been spent watching Ric Flair do his thing and be a hero and be larger than life. And the really, really tragic part about it was while he spent most of his time in the role playing the champion, playing the one with everything, he also spent all that time making everyone he was in the ring with look that much better. We heard testimonies in the 30 for 30 from a wrestler named Sting, a guy named Hulk Hogan, and the biggest, uh, the biggest compliment he got was from Ricky Steamboat, who was one of his early rivals as wrestling was coming bigger time. And just talking about how they would wrestle uh, hour-long matches over and over again, just in various venues. And they would make every match just as amazing, just as interesting. And in times when they were working and pulling punches and making things, you know, making it look like it was a lot more effort than it was, these guys weren't pulling punches. These guys were giving it full force. These guys were saying, hit me, hit me, hit me. And the amazing thing was people outside the rings that know the business a lot of it is choreographed, a lot of it is played on the, on the fly, a lot of it is as things react. Guys are telling each other in the ring what to do. 
you couldn't tell that between these two guys. They worked it so well. It was like eye contact and telepathy. They knew which way to go, who, when to give up control, when to give it back, and how to make it work. Ric Flair was that much of a worker and an amazing player. The dirtiest man in the game was his, that was his moniker, but he actually was the greatest man to play with on the field, the greatest team member, even if your teammate was somebody you're actually punching and throwing against the, uh, a ring rope. So Ric Flair living a tragic life, but living a very entertaining life, uh, lucky to be alive at this point. And hopefully if you chance to see it, you get a chance to see someone who is very thankful that they've made it this far and, is, and have the chance to get a bit of redemption. So that's what we have here is in a story of a person who has entertained us all, we get a chance to see before he is ultimate demise how tragic and how sad life was, especially in his own words. So with that, I give a pretty good salute to Ric Flair for being an entertainer, uh, for living this long, and hopefully you know, the demons of his past will find some way to be exercised before he's officially left this planet. But I got a chance to talk to him just a few minutes on a radio because of a radio interview that was going on with one of the stations I work with. I've never met the guy, but if I do, I don't want to buy him a beer because that's kind of his problem, but I'd like to shake his hand and say thank you, sir, for doing great things, for giving me entertainment and the things you've done in your lifetime. So that's how this thing is supposed to work. We do a little bit of extra chit-chat back and forth. I need to work on trimming that down, too. And then we play the game and come out on the other end. You'd hear a commercial coming up, and then we go to uh, the also-rans, the rest of the top 15, and the irrelevant story, and what's some in between. But interview myself would be kind of weird, so I'm going to use this time here. I will uh, give my time up to myself to tell you about some things I need. I need some interviews for the podcast. I need to know who you guys would like to hear me talk to. I have made plenty of friends in the podcast and the community over the past couple of months. We've been doing this thing, and we've got people lined up. But we hit a snag on a personal level, personal life level, kept some things down. And so the interview process and the scheduling process uh, hit a brick wall. So right now I'm free, clear, and open for the next few weeks to get some folks in there to keep this thing going. I think it's a good segment, and you guys seem to think it's a good segment, but I can use a little help with some people who want to jump in. So if you are a podcaster and you want to play the brackets, go ahead and message us via the website or email me at jclevenpain at gmail.com, main website, and take care of that as well. If you can think of some podcasts I need to reach out to, then you do the same thing as well. Send us the same messages for the people to reach out to. That's the biggest thing, other than share, 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 Subscribe, 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 share, 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 subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And, of course, make sure you follow so you can get your your opinions in on the biggest stories of the week by just reacting to the stories as they come by. This week we're sending a special shout-out again to Coffee for Less, Coffee for Less, is a website that offers up, as it's called, Coffee for Less. Now, why would you want to go to a place like them? Well, who doesn't like coffee? Who doesn't like tea? Who doesn't like hot chocolate? Who doesn't like spiced apple cider? They've got those things as well. They've got everything you're looking for in a hot beverage in all the forms you're looking for. If you want beans to grind yourself, you can get it there. If you want to get them already packaged, and the things with the filters already together, you drop it in and go, you can have that happen as well. If you're a Keurig person and looking for the right K-cup for the price that's a whole lot less than the normal K-cup, 
they have those as well. They offer up coffee, tea, and all sorts of hot beverages for you and devices to make it. If you need a big coffee maker, an industrial-sized coffee maker, if you will, for an office, they can give you a coffee surprise and all that stuff as well. It's very simple. They'll take good care of you and we'll take good care of you if you go through our website to hook up with them. It is thisistheconversation.com slash coffee for less. This is the conversation.com slash coffee for less, or just visit the sponsor page at the website where you can see other sponsors. But of course, keep an eye out for this week's big sponsor that we are highlighting. That is, of course, one of my favorite companies because they take care of coffee for my household and for the small business that helps manage this is the conversation coffee for less. This week, I guess I'm thanking me for playing the brackets with myself. So thank me for doing that. Awesome job of coming in and doing a bit long winded talk on Ric Flair. Hopefully I didn't get too, too long with you on that one. But we are still a work in progress. This thing's a work in progress. We think we have a pretty good and pretty solid plan for how this podcast should go. Just tweaking to make things work a little better. And like we said, we threw in the wrinkle by trying to make it radio ready. So that's a big issue in itself. Now, so because of that, we have a good amount of time, not a great amount of time, but a better amount of time to go through some of the also rands, the stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10, plus some other ones. Let's start off with the irrelevant story or almost irrelevant story in this weeking. And I don't think it's going to make its way into a holdover for next week. This was a study done by Sheep that can actually recognize famous faces, one of those being Barack Obama. Uh, for some reason, they decided to spend money on facial recognition between sheep and Barack Obama, which made the joke headline. It seemed like a good place for the research to start because I don't pay for this sort of research. I don't get to be <laughs> the man who has to justify a lot of these things. Uh, meanwhile, let's go back to the uh, top 15, 11 through uh, 15 stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10, starting off with what barely missed, and that was a story about Teddy Bridgewater being activated by the Vikings of Minnesota and Sam Bradford being put on injured reserve. Of course, that's an NFL football thing. And the really ironic, funny thing about this was Sam Bradford brought in a few years ago to take over for Teddy Bridgewater, who, of course, broke his leg in a non-practice drill, something that happened a lot like uh, to the quarterback from the Texans, Deshaun Watson. He broke his leg, a serious uh, leg injury, and has been rehabbing to get back. Uh, Sam Bradford, who is a very, very talented quarterback, but an often injured quarterback, finding new life at another team. He played a lot of time in, in the, for the San Francisco Rams. Uh, the Rams now in L.A., of course, uh, but uh, playing for a new team and new life and showing the Minnesota of faithful that the Vikings are a team in contention, and then he goes down, bringing back their other last hope, Teddy Bridgewater. We hope he's back and ready to go, and he's ready for complete action. We'll see in about a week since he's going to start playing pretty much right away. Uh, that's in the NFL field. Going to the number 12 story, and that's a story on rapper Meek Mill, who had a violation from a last issue from his prison sentence, so he was released a couple of years ago. And because of that, sentenced to another two years in prison for a, a violation of his probation. Don't have everything listed in front of me, but Meek Mill, the rapper, getting a bit more street cred back into action because he's going back into jail for a few years because of a violation 
of his parole. Last weekend in college football, number three, Ohio State, which was all wrapped up and ready to get set for another chance for a College Bowl Series championship, not going to happen this year as they're knocked off by Iowa. So the number three, Ohio State Buckeyes, pretty much done for their championship path this year. The top four teams in the regular rankings essentially are the only teams that can play in the four-team playoff. And so one loss early in the season to an unranked team in Iowa being not expected to uh, be a very good team is enough damage to usually do to knock you out of contention for the season. And that's pretty much how that's going to go for there. We go to the number 14 story, which goes to Modern Family star Sarah Hyland, who shut down rumors about plastic surgery. There were some articles posted with some fairly new pictures on Sarah Hyland, who's had some issues uh, with um, body image and weight and actually some illness issues as well. Uh, And there's a lot of talk about her possibly getting some work done based on her quote-unquote new look. Uh, Well, she got wind of it because this is the era where social media is where you actually advertise your stuff. So it's open to everyone. And she shut down the entire world and kind of did some anti-reverse body shaming as well to the people who were just saying, you see these pictures and you brought in these beauty experts to talk about my work that's been done. No work's been done. I'm still going through serious uh, health issues. Please, please, please back off. And then a bunch of not so nice words on top of that. So Sarah Hyland is telling the world she did not have plastic surgery and to just back off. And the number 15 story guy that really should have backed off, that was Anthony Weiner. He began his 21-month prison sentence for sexting a minor, which, you know, is so apropos these days. Uh, that began this week. 21 months in jail for sexting a minor, which is essentially um, essentially having lewd acts with a underage person. And that's all that is. It's always there. So... That happened. That officially happened. We've been talking about Anthony Weiner and his addiction and his issues for a while, but it got wrapped up into a second batch of stuff around the time of the election, and we believed Anthony Weiner was going to be the the October surprise that would knock off Hillary in the election. Turned out Hillary was just bad enough to knock herself out of the election. But Anthony Weiner, who used to be a fairly prominent politician on his way up doing politician things, good, bad, indifferent, it's all based on your side of the aisle. He's now going to spend some time with his prison cred, his street cred getting um, upped with 21 months in prison for his acts. Now, so we're going to go through some of the other stories that we missed out on for this week, didn't quite make it in the top 10. Some pretty big stories, and some I just think are just kind of cute because, like I said, it's my show, it's my game, I get a chance to do that stuff. We start with a quick look at the folks we lost over the past seven days. Uh, That includes uh, Cy Young pitcher Roy Halladay, who died in a plane crash. He has an experimental plane, and uh, we hear a lot of reports on what exactly happened, but the plane crashing in the water that happened over this week. Also, an 106-year-old baseball fan who, of course, loved the game, died while watching Game 7 of the World Series. It was an amazing story, uh, but a fan doing what she loved watching baseball, passing away inside of uh, one of the biggest matches happening in the last couple of years. Last two seasons of baseball went to the Game 7s in the series. And actor Brad Bafana, Bafanda uh, committing suicide at age 34. Those are what we have listed in our stories for those who passed this past week. Other stories just sort of at random, so bear with me as I kind of pick them and go through. Jim Bean is having a boycott of sorts. Uh, after Mila Kunis last week, we talked about her Planned Parenthood uh, 
just uh, the fact that she is donating money to Planned Parenthood in the name of Mike Pence, the vice president. Once they found out about that, the general people, some people who aren't big fans of Mila, of Mila Kunis doing this, but big fans of Mike Pence and actually drink Jim Bean, are starting to pull away from the Jim Bean brand of whiskey. We also got a first look at Jody Whitaker's Time Lord outfit, wearing suspenders and um, some pretty cool looking boots, I would say. If you're into Hidden Valley Ranch and you need lots and lots of it, you can now buy a literal keg of Hidden Valley Ranch to take to your Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners. That is going to be there. And that's it. We are out of time for this week's edition of the Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast from ThisIsConversation.com. Remember, follow us on Twitter, TH underscore Conversation, Facebook at ThisIsAConversation.com, and, of course, share with as many people as you know, friends, enemies, random strangers, so we have the best conversations from the best people and the best pool of folks to pull from for next week's great top ten. For more information about my other projects, check out my main website, jclivenpain.net, and stop by our website, this is the conversation.com for anything you need with this program and all the things going on with the great chatter here. So bring us more great chatter. That's what we're asking for. You are the best. Thank you so much for being with us. And for another week of great stories, great headlines, and some not so great headlines, we thank you for being a part of the ride. And join us for another great week of conversations all seven days long. And of course, back here next weekend for another edition of the weekly wrap up podcast. Coming to you from me, Jake Cliff and Payne, and this is the conversation.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you next week.